0: Welcome to Inside the Nest, the official podcast of Kennesaw State Athletics, and we've got a great discussion for you today, centered up on Kennesaw State's noon kickoff against Georgia Tech this Saturday, September 11th at Historic Grant Field, Bobby Dodd Stadium in Atlanta. From the KSU Owl Network, Barkley Miller, Brandon Sutton, and Jordan Griffith will join me to preview the matchup and dissect Kennesaw State's 35-25 victory over Reinhardt in the season opening contest last Thursday. We'll also be joined By a new owl, the safety Javon Singletary, who made his first career start for Kennesaw State after transferring from Georgia Southern, and we find out the unique reason why he picked KSU. It is a slammed podcast today, so I will be brief, but I do want to give a shout-out and a couple of pointers. One, Kennesaw State volleyball swept Alabama Tuesday night in three straight sets to hand the Crimson Tide their second loss this season. They did so on their brand-new TerraFlex floor. That court looked amazing. Obviously, the team loved it. Sweeping Alabama, great job. Be sure to catch the Owls at the Convocation Center two more times this week. Thursday night against South Carolina, a top 25 team, and Friday night for Griffin's game. It's different this year. It is a ticketed event, so please buy your tickets early for Griffin's game. Help support childhood cancer. It's going to be a fantastic atmosphere for an incredible cause. Visit ksuowls.com tickets and then click the Griffins game September 10th link, 7 o'clock, Owls against Clemson for Griffins game. Last thing, this Saturday for the game at Georgia Tech. One, you can hear it on the KSU Owls app. Easiest way to do that is download the brand new KSU Owls app. I've heard from countless fans. They love this app. It's everything they've been asking for. It's got your Listen Live link. You can keep up with stats, rosters, anything. Kennesaw State Athletics, no matter the sport, it's your one-stop shop. So download the KSU Owls app. It's also available via TuneIn and on our website ksuals.com. If you're going to the game Saturday, just a little bit of a heads up here from prior experience. Parking around Georgia Tech can be a little tricky. Make sure in your own game day timeline, you give enough time to figure out your parking situation or your transport situation. For the game in Midtown Atlanta. Okay, without further ado, let's kick off this episode of Inside the Nest, previewing Kennesaw State and Georgia Tech and recapping the Owls' victory against Reinhardt. Welcome into Inside the Nest. We got a full crew in the house today. I'm your host, Nolan Alexander, voice of the Owls, joined by Jordan Griffith, our host, producer extraordinaire, who's full of the questions as we continue our new at the end. Make sure you stick around till the end of the podcast for the hard-hitting questions. We're joined by Brandon Sutton, who made his analyst debut on the KSU Owl Network for our radio broadcast last Thursday. And... We're joined by Barkley Miller, who made his TV analyst debut and also proposed at halftime of the Reinhardt game. The Owls win it 35-25, to a big week for all of you guys. And uh, Barkley, we're going to have to start with you with this proposal thing. Now that you've had some time to simmer on it, and I'm sure your phone has been blowing up, what's been your reaction to uh, the proposal? How, How would you rate yourself on film? What do you think? You give yourself a passing grade? Uh,
1: yeah, I definitely think I deserve a passing grade. I, I definitely get an A for uh, creativity. I feel like, you know, first time it's ever been done on the KSU field during a game. Shout out to you guys as well as all of the stadium staff for helping me out with that. You guys were fantastic, and I, I can't, I can't put into words how much I really appreciate the help with all of that. Um, and then, you know, I, I have to give myself about a C or a B with how i did with my emotions because i forgot what to say whenever uh she turned around i was like uh uh, uh will, will you marry me <laughs> um it, it, it was definitely a uh, breathtaking and how many people were there I, I was nervous man i don't know what it is it's like and i've heard a few people say this it doesn't matter if you've known them for 10 minutes or 10 years you're still nervous to get down on the knee and ask them and so, yeah, that definitely flowed through me. But it, it was a great day and a, and a night to m- remember, man. And I, I appreciate everybody's help going into it and keeping it a secret because she had no clue. And I was worried that we were going to have a leak and she was going to find out. But she
0: had no clue. And, man, it, it was it was awesome. Sutton, what do you think of this performance there at halftime? So, I, personally, I had a
2: few notes. a few notes. So, uh, Barclay, after reviewing the tape, I'm going to say, the fumbling on the ring in the pocket, man. What, what what was going on there? What was going on there after the review? Well, look, it,
1: it was it was hard to get up in there and get it out quickly. Uh, you know, we we don't wear uh, loose slacks anymore. Everybody's all into the stretchy pants and get uh, getting a big old big old meat mitt in there and getting a little bit of ring out. That was. That was tough, man. I'm I'm just glad I pulled it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who, who is this weed that phone you're speaking about that wears tight slacks? Because I I don't remember from Thursday the three of us having on tight slacks. Maybe it's just you. Did
2: you not see Brandon's jeans? Oh yeah. Hey, I got. It. <laughs> I, I was I was rocking the skinnies. I'm not gonna lie. Man.
1: <laughs> look look, Noah. Maybe maybe it's just a young guy thing. You know, Jordan Jordan <laughs> understands. <laughs> I definitely
3: don't. No.
2: <laughs> oh, maybe, no. maybe just a big guy thing now. Maybe we're just all switching <laughs> Maybe teams.
1: that no. is what Maybe that's what it is, Brandon. We were like we're living our skinny dreams.
0: Brandon, did you know about this ahead of time?
2: So I, I had a I had a few days notice. He he he, he spilled the beans to me, but it was it's kind of hard for me to keep it to myself. You know, I just wanted to. I was really proud of him. Really for him to go ahead and just pop the question and get things rolling with uh, with Brittany and. Most of them, the the biggest thing I want to say, Bark, is congratulations, and I cannot wait for the bachelor party.
0: Thanks, suck, me either. <laughs> it should be a blast, huh? <laughs> Jordan's planning the bachelor party, right? Uh,
2: Jordan, uh, we need to get together, man. I have plans you need to review, man. <laughs> I'm running the show, Brandon, So I appreciate
4: the plans, but
2: I mean, I get I get the final vote, honestly.
1: J- J.G. is the producer of everything.
0: Oh, uh,
2: I, I forgot. Uh, my apologies, my apologies. <laughs> oh, man.
0: Now, Jordan and I are going to be there recording an Inside the Nest episode at the wedding and uh, giving the play-by-play <laughs> and analyst work of, of Barclay's wedding day. and we'll, we'll have Sutton on for a guest appearance. I know he'll, he'll have a busy day that day, but we're, we're going to have – you know what? Maybe we'll just do that one live. Well, maybe we'll do Inside the Nest live at Barclay's wedding in the spring. I don't see any other
2: options. I, sounds like a perfect setup to an amazing event.
0: <laughs> so that was there. one of the most important things that happened on Thursday. Kennesaw State also won a football game, thirty-five to twenty-five, an opener against Reinhardt University. And if you listen to Inside the Nest, we told you don't overlook this Reinhardt team. And we, and we went through the ways that Reinhardt was going to come in and be a respectable opponent. I think from some fans' perspective, they saw the score and they think, "Oh man, this is." Uh, What what happened to KSU? Well, like any football game, they're all decided by three or four plays. And I think you can point to three or four plays that if different things happened, this isn't a 10-point win for Kennesaw State. It's at least a a 17-point win. It could be a 24-point win, 28. It it could have been a much larger margin. But two things happened, in my opinion, and we're obviously going to go around and discuss this. One, you give credit to Reiner for how they played. Two, it's a season-opening game. And as we'll discuss with the Kennesaw State's opponent this week, Georgia Tech, not all season openers go exactly as the team had planned. So open it up, guys, your thoughts from last Thursday, KSU's 35-25 victory over Reinhardt.
1: Um. First off, with me, one of my biggest takeaways was, and just to give a little props to him, I was very impressed with how Ryan Hart's front seven played against this KSU offensive line, who, yeah, I know we talked about was riddled with injury. We had a lot of young guys. But, I mean, stepping up from an NAI level all the way up to FCS, the the athletes are supposed to be very different, you know, especially you see it most on the offensive and defensive lines, especially when we see a FCS team play an FBS team. But those guys from Reinhardt did a really good job up front um, with this KSU offensive line, not not just getting absolutely, you know, road graded out the way. The holes weren't huge for Glover, Murph, X, any of them. Uh, they, they really made KSU work for the yards.
2: And building off what Barkley was saying there, yeah, definitely. The, the, the defensive line there for Reinhardt was was really outstanding, and they, they came ready to play. But I want to also give kudos to the offensive line for Reinhardt. Because they they did a dang good job of providing protection for uh, Billy Hall and just and he he came and showed out. He he came and sh- uh, tried to show that that even though they were an AIA team, they were trying to come out and show that they were ready to play an upper division uh, uh, roster of guys. Yeah, yeah,
4: they played their heart out for
2: sure. They uh,
4: they did everything well that they should have done well against State, and that was especially Billy Hall's running performance. Obviously, that I think eighty yard rushing touchdown right up the gut, like I think uh, McCreary said on the broadcast, the red, the red Sea part in the middle, and he was just able to go the entire way. They played like they should have. Again, they, they didn't have any pressure on them coming into this game because Kennesaw State obviously was heavily favored, and they played really well. I think they deserve a lot more credit than maybe the scoreboard. People will expect maybe a larger margin of victory
0: for Kennesaw State, but I don't think people understand just how good Reinhardt is. Something else that stands out to me in this ball game is the fact that a same script happened yet again. Xavier Shepard comes off the sideline, engineers Kennesaw State to a scoring drive, plays the rest of the game, and gets the Owls a victory, and in my mind, I thought did a really good job orchestrating the offense, making the right reads, and the ability for this quarterback over and over again, to come in middle of a drive and act like he's been playing the entire game, calm, cool, and collected, speaks volumes, I think, to how he prepares for a game, how he goes about his business, and then how he can stay ready in the middle of the game. Barkley, you and I talked about on the broadcast, but uh, I think that's something that can be overlooked in this ballgame, what Shepard was able to do.
1: Yeah, and I think Brandon's going to be able to shed a lot of light on that with him you know, having so much knowledge of the triple option on the offensive perspective. But one thing that I want to say is it, it almost looked like it's weird, right? We, we talked about it. Murphy is the more explosive, better athlete, right? He's probably the most explosive, best athlete on this Kennesaw state football team, but it's like X runs the triple option to a T, you know, he he gets it out whenever he's supposed to, he gives it to glove when he's supposed to, and he keeps it. it it's, it runs like a well-oiled machine whenever he's in. And it's almost like whenever Murphy's in, it's it, he can, he's just a home run threat every time. So everybody's on their toes. You know, it's like this kid can make something happen, especially if he gets into space. We saw it on that one run with Murph, where I think he scampered for like 30 or 40 yards. It was like the fourth play of the opening drive for Kennesaw. Um, and I don't know if X can really do that. But the way that he runs the offense and how mature he is with running the offense is so impressive to me. And I think everybody else watching, especially coming off the bench, man. I mean, that's harder than starting the game a lot of times.
2: And uh, Barkley, you you really hit it. And like most thing, the biggest thing I can attest to X's performance on uh, Thursday is going back to last season. Just seeing how you always needed to be ready to come off the bench at any given time with uh, Tommy going down and Murph having jumped jump in. And now, and we see it again this season and with Murphy going down and him having to jump right in and having to play. But just having seen that earlier on in, in his career here at Kennesaw, it, it gives him the, the idea and mentality, of, hey, no matter what's going on on the field, I have to be in the game. I have to know what's going on. I have to know what schemes are running. So like even, and like you, like you were saying, Barclay, when Murphy's in there running the offense, it's, it's, it's running at, at, at the same pace as usual but Murphy just adds that extra explosive factor where he could go at any time or he could just do that extra movement to try to extend the play. But when X is in there, he runs it more to a, okay, what's, what's the exact play call? He runs it more of a more of, more of the machine mentality that we're used to in the triple option offense, more back to like a Chandler Burks. And just just being able to see that out of X and just how he's always ready. It, it, it's really great to see. And it's, it's really just going to be nice to see how they're going to be able to just continue to use these two going out throughout the season.
4: Yeah, I think you guys pretty much said everything there is to say, but I just want to highlight that he's a sophomore. These upperclassmen are the ones that come in and fill in exactly what they need to do when it's needed. You know, obviously the next man up mentality, but sophomores usually don't do that. and He did it last semester as a freshman in the spring, so I think that that multiplies the credit, I think, probably by 10.
0: I agree with you, Jordan. So I want to go into who we each thought our performers of the game were. For me, it's going to be Shepard. And I think if Murphy didn't leave the game with injury, his numbers, he he had 98 rushing yards. He done a really good job passing. Probably should have had a touchdown pass in there that was dropped as well. Murphy was playing a very good game. And I think, again, if if, if he doesn't come out with injury, continues that track, Murphy, who knows, may win conference player of the week on the offensive side. But for what Shepard's able to do coming off the bench and continuing that continuity on offense, playing well, scoring a couple of times, Shepard's my performer of the week. Who did you guys pick, offense or defense, as the performer of the week for KSU?
1: Yes, so uh, with me, I think Shepard's a great pick. But to go with somebody different, I'm going to have to go Glover. Um, I think Glover did a really good job of one of my Miller's musts was taking the pressure off of not just Murphy's shoulder, but just the quarterback position shoulders with him being able to get five to eight yards of pop, it felt like every time he touched the ball. They were in such good position almost every time just with that dive, working that dive. And I know a lot of that has to do with the offensive line, but there were plenty of times that Glove got hit in the backfield or Preston Daniels as well in the backfield, and he just carried them for a three-, four-, five-yard game. Um, And I think that that lended its way to how the offense was able to just keep on track and keep the ball moving the entire game.
2: And and I'm right there with you, um, Nolan. I, I also thought that even with uh, Murph going leaving the game early, I felt like the way that Xavier stepped in and was just able to take control of the game and just help lead the offense and just be able to control and pick up exactly where uh, Murphy left off. I just felt the way he played just made him the one of the best performers of the game on Thursday.
4: Yeah, I I know you guys are going with Shepherd, but I got to go with Murphy. And I also got I also have a co-player as well, but I mean Murph had a hundred yards. Two touchdowns. I, I think the most impressive part of it was the first drive because that really set the tone for the entire game because we didn't see that really last year get shorter. There wasn't that dominant drive that we were looking for. And right off the bat, they go down, I think, just a few plays. and They go down and score. But are we going to talk about Spotsville's interception? Like, is, is he going to come up? I mean, I feel like we got to say something.
2: I mean, I, I know it's early in the season, but that that's probably one of the best plays I've ever seen, like, hands down.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that was so impressive. He he went full extension for that, and it was at such a big part of the game. You know, they always say big players make big plays in big games, and that, that was like almost the definition of it because Reinhardt was driving to get back within a touchdown of that game. They had a wide receiver wide open on the sideline. He just came out of nowhere and picked it off and just completely changed the the momentum of that game it it was really impressive uh dare I say it it was a very Bryson Armstrong-esque play which is good to see coming from the same position
0: now I don't know about you guys I feel like I'm a mature video game player when I do play video games but if that was Madden and and, and that play happened right there like that's a computer glitch I I would throw my controller through the wall and I feel like y'all gonna back me up y'all do the same thing right Oh, for
2: sure, for sure. 100%. 100%. The
4: first first thing I'm saying, I'm like, that doesn't happen in the NFL. That's what I was saying. I'm like, no way. (laughs) It doesn't happen. No doubt. I I would
1: have gone more of, like, there's no humanly way possible he even gets to that ball. There's no way.
2: Uh, It it uh,
0: was so impressive.
2: I'm going to immediately rage quit, restart the game, and say, all right, do it again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jordan, I think those are both good ones. Again, Murphy almost 100 rushing yards in like roughly two and a half quarters of play uh, engineered the owls again to multiple touchdown drives, uh, had the pitch to fair. That first drive, like you said, established the game for Kennesaw state came out and set the tone. That's what owl fans, the coaching staff, the players wanted to see. And I thought Murphy again, had a, had a really good game. And of course that interception by Spotsville, as you said, Barkley, that came at a very critical time. Cause KSU got the ball back was able to score right afterward that, the switch in momentum of where the game was. So want to move from the performer of the game to our since we're we're like a, an unofficial lineman fan podcast, we got a former offensive lineman here, Brandon Sutton, former defensive lineman Barkley Miller, uh former torpedo linebacker in youth football out in Kansas, Jordan Griffith. Our lineman of the week, it could be offense or defense. Who do y'all pick?
1: I mean, Uh, I got to give love to my boy because he made a really big play in the game too. And he's one of my spotlights going into the game, Travis Bell. Um, And it's weird, right, because I feel like, and I'm going to say it later in the podcast when we talk about it, the defensive line has to step up in a bigger way if we're going to be competitive against Georgia Tech. But Travis Bell did a really good job of, one, disrupting the run every time he was in there. I mean, Reinhardt had so many issues running the ball up the middle. The only time they got anything going was on that quarterback power right up the middle, which he wasn't in on that play. And then on some outside stuff where they were getting their guys into a little bit more space. But he had a huge sack that really just got the defense fired up at the beginning of the game. It kind of rolled through halftime until uh Reinhardt got it rolling a little bit more later in the second I mean in the third and fourth quarters.
2: Not gonna lie, I was on the same page as Barkley. I was gonna go Travis too. But since he stole mine, obviously, <laughs> I, I did have another. I had a backup. I want to shout out to uh, one of the young offensive linemen, James Dawson. He was rolling in and out of the game a lot on Thursday. He was he was jumping in there. I believe a, a little bit of guard and most mostly a tackle uh, on the right side for uh, Katina. But he was a, one of the young guys that I was I was really excited about because whenever you get able to get a lot of young guys in there, people that are already able to just one mentally understand the type of offense we're running get into the cadence of it and and just be able to move their bodies at that ability it's really good to see especially when they're really young i believe he's coming to his sophomore year so it's really exciting to see he's going to be a a landmark guy going forward and i'm really excited to see what we're going to get out of him for the rest of the season
4: yeah i'm not going to insult the intelligence of two linemen here on the call so i'm just going to go with the offensive line completely What I think was really interesting about it, and me and Brandon talked about this on the broadcast as well, was they moved the pocket really well for pass plays, whether it was X or whether it was Murphy in the game, the pocket was really mobile. And that was something when you're running a triple option, when you have two very mobile corks, moving the pocket, creating some space, letting guys get downfield, that's a big deal. And they did that, I think, probably the best I've ever seen since being at Kennesaw State.
0: All great point, guys, and Sutton with yours, with Dawson. uh, It's so rare to see someone that plays center and then they can go out there and get most snaps out at tackle. That speaks to the versatility of James Dawson. That's what Kennesaw State needs in its offensive line, guys that are – I'm not going to say he's the jack of all trades out there, but have that position flexibility to be able to move on the line, especially with all the attrition we've seen with injuries. So I think that speaks to Dawson. Jordan, I agree with what you said. Barkley, Travis Bell, again, was a force, and that's a good sign for Kennesaw State. For me, I'll even it out. I'll go D-line Karrick Reese, someone who was tied for second in the team with four tackles, more of a speed rusher. But as Barkley noted in the TV call, there were multiple times he did a good job trying to set the edge on the run and played a factor in the run game. So I don't have a true film breakdown of Kerrick Reese, but he's someone who caught my eye in a way that I didn't expect. So just to even it out, I'll go with Reese for my lineman of the week. All right, guys, before we get into this uh, breakdown of Georgia Tech and what we want to see improve, were there any stats that you saw that you feel like may have been overlooked that were indicative to Kennesaw State coming away with a victory Thursday night?
1: Yeah, so I have a big one. Um, Personally, how many rushing yards Kennesaw State had with only 34 points scored is a big stat to me. Uh, that kind of speaks to what we said. There were a bunch of plays in the game that almost made it to where Reinhardt kept it close by making plays and Kennesaw making mistakes. And it, I think that's a, a big reason why it was only a 10-point win for Kennesaw State. I, I think, tell me if I'm wrong, we, we had close to 400 rushing yards and with Kennesaw State's offense only having 34 points scored with that, that's kind of – taboo you know so 404
0: total yards 332 rushing
1: Uh, see there we go 332 rushing and and that
0: well and I'll take this back to 46 yards lost and there was the muff snap punt that goes down as a rush so in all honesty it really is closer to that 400 number you first referenced
1: yeah yeah And, and it felt like watching the game and calling the game that Kennesaw State's offense was just rolling all night. Reinhardt didn't really have an answer, and they were looking for it. They changed up looks on defense. They tried to compound the the defensive line and kind of get after William Nanafabu up front and T-Pax and those guys. And it's just like no matter what, they might get one or two plays where the KSU offense only got a yard or two. But besides that, they were constantly rolling all night.
2: One of the things that that we didn't really hit on a lot or didn't get brought up a lot was, was penalties. And and that's really great seeing from our team in a a really early game, just especially with so many young guys and with so there being so many injuries on the team right now that we only had two penalties for 25 yards in a season opener. That's, that's outstanding. And that that just shows that our team is trying to come out, play clean. And as long as you play clean, it's really hard to lose a ball game. As long as you're not hurting yourself, it's, it's so much, so much easier to be able to get a win at the end of the day.
4: Yeah. My stat is actually something that kind of surprised me when I saw, but, Kennesaw State had 37 minutes of possession. So almost 40 minutes of the game, they had the ball. I didn't, I, I don't know. I guess I just didn't, didn't look at it that way. If you can shorten possessions, Reinhardt is a very good opponent, but if you can do it late in the season, like Kennesaw State always does, shorten possessions, shorten the game, especially rushing for almost 400 yards. That's, even though there's only a 10 point win, that, that, that sort of margin of victory is gonna expand slowly if you can uh, continue to have
0: that time of possession. Jordan, I thought you brought up a good point there. And if you think about it, Reinhardt had two of its touchdown drives, one being the 80-yard rush by Hall. So oh, that didn't take up any time at all. And the second touchdown drive at the end was on the short field after the snap went over Ben Moran's head. So that's really two touchdowns off the board. So Reinhardt only had a couple of, of real scoring drives there. So that's huge. If Kennesaw State can hold the ball for 37 minutes against Georgia Tech, you got to like the Owls' odds in that favor. Now, if Georgia Tech scoring like how Billy Hall did in one or two plays, that's not good news. But if KSU can keep it for 37, that's going to be great for the Owls. And, Brandon, I love your point, too, on the penalties. Kennesaw State cannot be like Reinhardt and have a 10-penalty game this Saturday against Georgia Tech. You cannot beat yourself if you want to be an FCS team to upset an FBS team. Going into our next topic here, what improvements do you want to see out of Kennesaw State offense, defense, special teams for the game Saturday for the Owls to take down the Jackets?
2: Well, Nolan, first things first, we really, really, really need to make sure we can come together on offense and make sure we have a solid, solid set of guys that are going to be able to roll on Saturday. Because as we're going to have a solid set of guys going out there from an offensive line perspective, everybody's going to be able to lock in and come in together a little bit tighter than normally. And then from, for defense, I just feel like we, we just need to come out and play another clean game because they, they played a pretty solid game to let on the short field touchdown and the, bright, the Billy Hall run, the defense had an outstanding performance. And from special teams, I'm excited to see what guys we get back, because we have some electric kick returners that we still haven't been able to see this season. And I'm really excited to see if we'll be able to get those guys back for this uh, Saturday's game.
1: Yes, I mean, you're, you're right. I, I agree with you, uh, especially getting Isaac back. I think getting Isaac back this week, if we're able to, that's going to be a huge spark plug for the team as a whole on special team kick returns, as well as um, just him ha- having him an A-back, and he's just a real leader of the team. The coaches have always kind of spoken about him in that way. And also, I think to a big key for us against Georgia Tech, we're going to have to be really physical up front on both sides of the ball, defensive line and offensive line. With defensive line being our, our most seasoned and deep position, that's a spot that's really going to have to shine against Georgia tech with them running this new, you know, I mean, they're only like three years into running this spread offense. They're still getting used to it. It's not something that they've been doing forever, like they were with the triple option. So that's going to be huge. And that really plays to, in my opinion, the kind of defensive lineman we have, uh, I think that they, they do really well again about getting after the passer and being able to contain a quarterback that can move a little bit like Georgia Tech has. And then on the offensive side of the ball, getting those guys healthy, one. And then two, like Brandon said, coming together as an offensive unit is going to be huge against Georgia Tech this Saturday.
4: Yeah, I'm actually going to go with two things. The first one, I think you kind of, you kind of brought it up a little bit, Nolan, with special teams. Cannot have that snap go over Hunter's head twice. Just can't, just can't have them back to back weeks, especially against uh, Georgia Tech. But I'm just considering that a one and done thing. I'm not really too worried about that. Um, the one thing I am looking for Kennesaw State to improve on is get up three possessions. So many times we saw we saw in this game and then also in the spring, they would get up two possessions and then a turnover or get up two possessions, then a three and out. Bury them with a three possession lead. That's, that's how Kennesaw State wins games. We haven't seen it lately. I know
0: it's there. We see the offensive ability. We just need to see it uh, against Georgia Tech. Well, Jordan, in the game that you were at on Saturday, Kennesaw State, or excuse me, Georgia Tech, in Northern Illinois, the Huskies were up fourteen nothing. Recovered a muffed punt and had it and scooped and scored with it. The scoreboard said twenty nothing. Had a chance to go up three possessions. That was negated due to an infraction on the punt team. I believe it was an illegal formation on the punt team. So. Northern Illinois ultimately wins the game 22-21, but again, could have went up three possessions. Instead, Georgia Tech actually had that lead at 21-14. So this Georgia Tech team that comes in, 0-1, lost to Northern Illinois, disappointing loss for the Jackets. I see a lot of fans on social media saying, all right, Kennesaw State, here we go. They lost to Northern Illinois. The Owls are going to come in. They're going to pull the upset. Hold up. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Put yourself in Georgia Tech's shoes. You lose to Northern Illinois out of the MAC. You think Georgia Tech's going to come in and be refocused on this game against Kennesaw State and not overlook the Owls? I think from all of our standpoints, we know and we certainly hope that this Kennesaw State team is going to be ready to go, has had its eyes on Georgia Tech. From the player's perspective, I know they're going to be hyped up for the game. But I would be led to believe we're going to see a focused Georgia Tech team that does not want to start out 0-2 and will, in my eyes, again – you would think played better than they did against Northern Illinois, seeing what the outcome was. Jordan, again, you were there, you watched the game. What's your take on the jackets?
4: Yeah. You know what? They're still looking for their identity again, early on in the season, Collins coming into his third year, but the the attribute that is really a strength of theirs is they fought in that game. They fought really hard because everything kind of went against them. They had a lot of bad plays. Now, Northern Illinois had some calls go against them that would have made that lead even more so and probably not even much of a game, but they had Jordan Yates come into that game late and he provided a spark for this team where Sims, I think left with eight passing yards and this team was able to fight again they're still looking for their identity but they're not going to just roll over this Georgia Tech team, even though they lost to a Mac team like you were saying. They have all the pressure on them coming into this game. They need to win this game. And that, you know, for Kennesaw State fans, not making me nervous, but, uh, you know, they, again, they have a lot of pressure on them. So Georgia Tech is going to come in very focused.
1: Yeah, I agree with Jordan. And, and you know, something else that I think is going to be working against Kennesaw a little bit, which is funny because typically it's the other way, is Kennesaw State being so close to home to Georgia Tech hurts them a little bit. You know, all of these guys have heard it, you know you guys are Georgia Tech, you're in the ACC, you're at FBS program, Kennesaw State's right down the road, making it to the quarterfinals of the playoffs, you know, beating Jacksonville State, having all these big wins and how talented these guys are. That That's going to play against Kennesaw a little bit because it's not like Kennesaw State's going to be rolling into this game unknown. They're, they're definitely very known to our brethren and down and Georgia Tech in in Atlanta, um, and it's it's gonna be tough to just sneak in and pull one over these guys' heads. They're they're gonna come and be ready to play, but it helps because just like Reinhardt coming into Kennesaw, a lot of these guys here at Kennesaw State would have loved and and you know are upset that they didn't get recruited or offered by Georgia Tech, so they want to go and perform and show out. It's gonna be a good game Saturday. I'm very excited to watch it.
2: I'm right there with you guys, but uh, like we both said after taking a loss, Georgia Tech is gonna hit the hit pump the brakes and just say, Hey, before we get overly excited about playing Kennesaw State, we need to get ourselves together first. And they're gonna just try to come to this game and bring everything they can. So I, I think first things first, Kennesaw is gonna have to be ready and come ready to play a really hard game against a team that's not only just trying to get back on track, but is, is trying to show that they hey their team that's worth uh, looking at in the ACC and just to their all uh, fellow competitors. So I, I feel like the allergies have to come ready to play, ready to go, and just give be ready to give it their all, because I think they're going to into a dogfight on Saturday.
0: Yeah, there's going to be lots of storylines that we'll discuss in the broadcast. One, Brian Bohannon, Liam Klein, Joe Speed going back to Georgia Tech for the first time. Brian Bohannon was obviously hired from Georgia Tech to be the first head coach in Kennesaw State football history, brought Liam Klein with him. And then recently, Joe Speed, his first season now with KSU, he was also assistant under Paul Johnson. On the other side for Georgia Tech, it's Andrew Thacker, who Barkley and Brandon, you guys were with in the early years of Kennesaw State football, served as a linebacker's coach. He's now made his way. He's the defensive coordinator his third season for Georgia Tech. And then offensively for the Jackets. So Georgia Tech does not name starters. Jeff Collins believes in an above-the-line philosophy. So – who will we see at quarterback? It's going to be interesting. You noted, Jordan, that Jeff Sims, the freshman quarterback, was three of eight passing for eight yards, left with an injury. Jordan Yates came and provided a spark plug. We'll find out on Saturday whether it's going to be the Yates show or if Sims is back into the fold.
4: Yeah, we'll see. Um, but I will say being at the game, again, my first game of Bobby Dodd, what a beautiful stadium. Uh, but other than that, Sims, he didn't look good in the offense. It was kind of, forced again they're looking for an identity is this team that they're going to run the ball they run the ball very successfully against niu Is sims kind of an option quarterback he's going to put the ball in the air but no matter what jordan yates deserves a lot of credit for what he did um he's pretty disappointed after the loss obviously in the post game press but man he he provided more than what a backup quarterback should um i think responsible for the lone passing touchdown yeah he was and just, again, 135 yards passing. He did everything he needs to do to to be a starter for next week in my mind.
1: Yeah, another person going back home uh, that didn't get mentioned. Nolan Alexander, going back to his alma mater. So there, there's definitely a lot of storylines going into this game, which is exciting. It, it makes this quote-unquote rivalry. Uh, it, it's going to be fun to watch. A lot of people know each other. I don't think there's any bad blood, but it, it's just – It makes it more interesting, you know, and and I'm with Jordan. Looking at the stats and looking at the highlights of the game, I don't see how Yates isn't the guy. Almost like McKenzie Milton with Florida State last night. I know we all watched that game. Florida State was completely out of it until that kid stepped in and just started balling. Same thing with Georgia Tech and Yates. They they didn't look good with Sims in. The offense looked, you know, discombogulated. They didn't look smooth. The Yates steps in, it looks like they're rolling the way they're supposed to. So I'd be shocked if we see Sims instead of Yates this Saturday, unless unless they're just trying to get Sims some more reps in and, and try to get him some live action to, to kind of feel his way through the offense for this game.
2: I, I will say this may not be the game. He needs to try to feel his way through. Because I, I feel like our defense is going to be able to come ready and and be able to put apply that pressure that's going to be needed to knock them out of rhythm again this week. And when we've all and just looking up from the game last week, when things get knocked off track for this team, things things stop going their way. Even though it was it was a close game, but we know that from personal experience, uh, our our team we 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 ch- we come together when when our backs against the wall, and we're able to play in these tight games. So I feel like if we're able to just knock them off track, get them out of rhythm, we'll be able to stand pretty good chance this week.
4: I will say. Sims never came back. So he might just be out completely. I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't uh, hear an update about his injury, but it's going to be Yates' job just by default right now.
0: Yep. He, he was spotted on the sideline with his arm in a sling. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, the Owls had their injuries going into the Reinhardt game. Jonathan Murphy left the game. We spoke about Xavier Shepard coming in. So both teams dealing with quarterback injuries, injuries in other positions. Again, for me to kind of echo what you guys said. I think the most intriguing matchup on Saturday, noon kickoff, Bobby Dodd Stadium in Atlanta, is going to be the, the Owls' defense against the Georgia Tech offense. I feel like that matchup right there is going to be where this game is won, more so than the Owls' spread option offense against Andrew Thacker's four-two-five 2 Georgia Tech. But, again, we'll discuss that a little bit more on our broadcast Saturday. You can tune in in the 11 o'clock hour on the KSU Owls app and tune in to hear the call of Georgia Tech and Kennesaw State. First Power 5 opponent, in KSU's history, gonna be a good one in Atlanta. We'll step aside for a short break, come back with our student athlete interview, and then we've got the hard-hitting questions. Jordan Griffith and Brandon Sutton lay it down for us here on Inside the Nest. Today tastes like movie night. Okay,
1: who's turn is it to choose?
0: And everyone's favorite hit, pizza and Coke. Today tastes like front row seats for all, like cushions and popcorn. And counting the seconds. Today tastes like a slice of the action. Like we belong here
3: and now. (laughs) And it never tasted this good. Coca-Cola. Together tastes better.
0: Wellstar delivers people care right here in Georgia. That means it's easy to get expert care with hundreds of locations, virtual visits, and same-day appointments close to your home. Count on Wellstar to help you live your healthiest life. Visit wellstar.org. Now let's visit with Javon Singletary on Inside the Nest. We're joined by Kennesaw State safety Javon Singletary as we get set for the Owls and Georgia Tech from Atlanta. And Javon, this is your first season playing with Kennesaw State. You transferred from Georgia Southern after the fall 2020 season with the Eagles, so you had to sit out in the spring. Now you get a chance to be on the field for KSU. You had your first game as an owl against Reinhardt last Thursday. What was it like for you to go through that process of being on the team, doing scout team, and then now here in the fall you kind of paid your dues and you got a chance to go out there, start for Kennesaw State, and I'm sure it was great to go out there and hit somebody in a different color jersey for the first time in a while.
3: You know, it felt great. You know, when I first came, like you said, I transferred in and I was on scout team. But I really didn't look at it like I was on scout team. I just felt like I could help the team any way possible, you know. So I just want to help my team in any way. And now I get to help my team during the game against a different team. So that's an amazing feeling.
0: Did you remember what it was like to go out there and play in a game against a different opponent and and not run a scrimmage drill? Oh my God!
3: Um, yes, um, days before the game, actually, like weeks, um, I was daydreaming. Like walking, I'd be daydreaming about playing in the middle of the game. And uh, I was—it's like a dream come true, you know. Of playing with my teammates, you know, we go through all this work in the summer, and now we get—I get to finally, you know, play beside my brothers in a game.
0: What do you dream about when it comes
3: to football? Daydream about you know just playing with my brothers, making plays. You know I rehearse what I have to do in the game before the game. Um, you know that's just the competitor in me, and something that I try to pride myself on to get mentally prepared before a game. Well,
0: going back to the Reinhardt game and watching film, what was your assessment of your play in the KSU defense?
3: You know, as a as a competitive defense, you know we always find things that we think that we can do better. You know, me personally, I think I could have done better. And as a defense, I think we could have done better. And when we got back to the meetings, you know, the coaches said we could have done better. So, you know, we uh, we, we went back in and watched film, and, uh, you know, we made corrections, and we moved on.
0: So, Javon, you told me during media day in the fall this year, one of the reasons you transferred to Kennesaw State was because of its proximity to Atlanta, and that has to do with another passion of yours. Can you tell our listeners why you chose KSU and why being close to Atlanta matters to you?
3: So originally, like I said, I was uh, in Statesboro, and I make music, and I was driving back and forth in the middle of the night. Uh, I was recording music. I was performing shows. And so, for example, I'd have a show it will start at, like, 11 and then it'll end maybe around two and then I'll go back have to go back to Statesboro at six in the morning to perform uh, for practice after I just performed it's like a four-hour drive from Atlanta and I was doing that often maybe every weekend maybe three or four times a week and I really wasn't getting a lot of sleep so um, I just you know I got in the transfer portal I talked to Coach Stafford and, We worked everything out, and it's just been a blessing ever since. I'm thankful for the opportunity.
0: So have you been able to balance your music career and being a division one athlete a lot better here at KSU?
3: I have been. Like I said, I'm so thankful for this opportunity. You know, they gave me an opportunity to play football, which is a sport I love, and now I'm closer to Atlanta where I can uh, pursue my other passions as well.
0: Well, let's talk about that In, in your budding music career. What's the name that you go by? Because I see it on social media. So let our fans know so they can go out there and, and give you a follow and keep up with your music. And tell us a little bit more uh, about your music. What style is it? How do you like to carry your vibe on stage or in the mm-hmm. studio? Uh, who, who is Javon Singletary off the field, not as a football player, but as a music artist?
3: Um, so my music name or alter ego uh, is Zovan. Um, honestly, I make music to cope, you know, I'm kind of introverted you know, when I get around my friends and stuff, I'm a little bit more open. however, when I get in big groups of people, you know i I, I can communicate I'm nice to everybody, but I tend to you know feed myself and with music, I just feel like all the things that I struggled saying or communicating, I could communicate that fluently through music and um yeah, that's really why I make music. And What's one of your songs
0: that is one of your favorites that you've been able to communicate something only through that? And what, what message did you communicate?
3: Um, it's a song called 8 AM. Uh, I was singing uh, about a, somebody that was very special to me. It was about actually waking up in the morning, seeing them every day, you know, appreciating the little things about somebody that, you know, most of the time some people take for granted. And I just wanted to communicate it, communicate this, that to somebody that was very special.
0: And that's talking about Coach Karrizian getting up for morning
3: workouts, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course, we love Coach K and the whole shit that you know people. Have any of your teammates
0: been to any of your shows or helped out with anything related to your music career?
3: Oh yes, actually, actually, um, I have a lot of different studios and. I have one in my room and often uh, guys will come through. It was one day we had like 30 people in my room just making music, having fun, you know. And honestly, I think that's a good way to bond with my team, you know, even though everybody doesn't, you know, do music professionally. It's kind of fun to just sit around and have fun making music.
0: So outside of yourself, who do you think is the second best singer on the team and who is just the absolute worst? Would
3: break shower glass. Oh my God. We have a lot of talented guys in this roster. However, the best singer, I might have to give it to Xavier Ready. I might have to give it to him. Uh you know, he he's also my roommate. So um uh, we joke around a lot, you know, sometimes we freestyle or we sing and you know, every now and then he'll hit a note and we're like, that was kind of nice. So you know, I give it to uh Xavier. But the worst, I really don't like saying people people are bad at anything. I I'm not gonna say anybody's the worst, you know. Oh I wouldn't say he's the worst. No, no. He sings a lot, though, in a locker room.
0: But Olu, Olu's the type of guy I think that could handle you saying that and, and he'd just brush it off, right?
3: Oh yes, definitely. Um he's a fun guy to be around. Good dude. Mm-hmm.
0: So with you and Reddick both being roommates, a pair of transfers, again, you from Georgia Southern and Reddick from Georgetown, what similarities have y'all found in coming to Kennesaw State and what stands out to you that maybe you didn't think about ahead of time as far as something that's maybe a little easier, a little bit more difficult, because I hear a lot of times from you and other transfers talking just kind of off the cuff a little bit of man, these workouts, I mean, they got after us. That was a little bit more difficult than I thought or something Mm -hmm. else along that. What's something that you and Redick have both talked about that's been different at
3: KSU? Um, Well, one thing, well, actually two things we uh, have in common was that we did say that the workouts were different. Um, However, another similarity we have is that hard work. um, So one day, um, say for instance, I have a good day, and maybe he's not having as good of a day. Um, I can pick him up, or vice versa. So um, I feel like that's a good thing to have. And, you know, he pushes me, and I hope that I push him the same way. So thankful for him.
0: Javon Singletary joining us here, and Javon before Georgia Southern, you were at Veterans High School, and you're a native of Bon Air,
3: Georgia. Tell me about right. Bon Air, Georgia. Bon Air, Georgia, okay. It's I wouldn't say it's pretty, pretty much city, however, it's not completely rural. Um we have malls, stuff like that. Um, but it's big family town, you know. Um we have probably about five schools in the city. Um like I said, football, football city, uh, Jake take farm with the Houston County literally right down road So, um really, when you come in that area, it's either about football, honestly. And like I said, it's a pretty town. It's a crazy family.
0: So, I'm not going to hold this against you, Javon, if you don't know this, because before, I'd say probably about a month before I went there, I had no idea where this was. Are you familiar with the country, Bonaire? The country, Bonaire? No. I'm not. If you had to guess where Bonaire, the country was, where would you guess on a map
3: if i'm being completely honest i have no idea (laughs) no idea i would no absolutely no idea where is it
0: well it's okay because i would have guessed next to france it's actually in the uh it's in the caribbean it's a caribbean netherlands island and it's right next to Mm. aruba so it's just on top of south america so it's small tiny little island um i'm i'm Pretty sure it was named there first before Air, Georgia. So I don't, oh, wow. ha- having been to Bonaire, the country and not, mm-hmm. or the island and bo- not Air, Georgia, I'm, I'm willing to bet the only similarities are in the name. So maybe, maybe one day we can get you a concert down there and, and Bonaire, the island from the Bonaire native himself. <laughs>
3: let's hope. I'll be thankful. <laughs>
0: Well, Javon, last thing here, and and one of the reasons that I wanted to interview you this week is your story Mm -hmm. and and wanting to come to Kennesaw State and its proximity to Atlanta and then playing this game in Atlanta. What would it mean to you to go out there Saturday and for Kennesaw State to put on a great showing? And then who knows, maybe the next time you're, you're in a performance in Atlanta, I'm not sure if you... Represent that you're also at Kennesaw State when you when you turn into you said your alter ego Zoe Vaughn, but having a little bit of recognition for that.
3: Um, you know, focusing on Saturday, I would not like to make it about me. You know, uh, like I said with my teammates, you know, we go through summer workouts. You know, the coaches gave us a good game plan. That at the end of the day, it's up to us to execute on Saturday and so I would just love for us to execute that game plan as best as possible so the hard work me me and the team or the team and I um, put throughout the week pays off you know that would really you know make me happy as a as a player on this team. Well Javon I think that's a great
0: answer and it speaks to your ability to come in here be a teammate like how you were in the spring and then earn a starting role here for the fall. Thank you so much for joining us and best of luck against Georgia Tech Saturday.
3: Thank you so much for.
0: At Fifth Third Bank, we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Just look at our name, Fifth Third. Five thirds equals 166.7%. So, according to the laws of mathematics, we are obligated to put 166.7% into everything we do. From our great customer service, to our security solutions, to providing you access to over 45,000 fee-free ATMs nationwide. This is banking a fifth third better. Learn more at 53.com. Fifth Third Bank, member FDIC. Okay, we continue the new tradition here on Inside the Nest with the hard-hitting questions. Here to wrap it up, Jordan Griffith, would you rather, what do you have for us?
4: Would you rather spend a week in the forest or a night in a haunted house?
1: Personally, I'd go Haunted House, man. I mean, one night, how bad could it really be? And secondly, I don't really believe in uh, in ghosts. So,
2: I mean, you know, uh, Shenanigans. I'm going outside. I will see y'all in a week. <laughs> I don't play with the heebie-jeebies.
0: So, and I'm yeah. camping with you. Dude, th- yeah. these horror movies, they all take place over one night. Rarely is it spread exactly. out over a week. It's always one night where everything goes wrong. <laughs> You guys, you guys know what I call living in the
4: forest for a week? Camping. I'll go camping.
2: I'll yeah. go camping. It's, it's
4: yeah, Barclay. Good luck with that. I mean, look, man. I,
1: I look, camping's not bad or whatever. Obviously, I've been in through plenty of hurricanes where you quote-unquote camp in your house without uh about electricity or anything, especially no AC. But I don't know, man. I mean, a week. That's just that's a lot of my time. I'd rather just. You know, tough it out for like six or seven hours and figure it out,
4: you know? I
1: got enough crosses. I got enough... Uh, I got, I got holy water.
4: I'll be okay. Those will be the longest <laughs> six or seven hours of real life. I promise.
0: <laughs> We're going to be using leaves as teepee, but Barkley's going to have brown pants after being in a haunted house one night. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> all right, Jordan. That That was a good one. So... Now we move to the scoreboard where the real competition is in fact or fiction. Brandon Sutton, it's your turn to ask the questions. Barkley, the way this works, Brandon's going to give us two statements. One is fact and one is fiction. You've got to pick which is which. And then we'll go, everyone will give their answer and then Brandon will let us know how it worked out.
2: Perfect. All right, guys, here we go. First statement, Hillary Clinton is blood-related to Celine Dion the second one. A single strand of spaghetti is known as a spaghetto. That's
1: fiction. Jordan. The, the first the first one I think is fact because that's way too out of left field for you to not look that up and uh found out that that's the truth. The second one, <laughs> fiction, man. A spaghetto. I've I've never heard of that. And also, who's just eating one piece of spaghetti? So
4: okay, so <laughs> I, I have a long explanation for this one. So Last week, Nolan took my tactic, which was changing a little bit of a fact and making it fiction, and I feel like that's what you're doing with the Celine Dion one, and so I'm going to go with the Spaghetto because I would love for that one to be true.
2: Okay, okay.
0: So maybe that was the inspiration for SpaghettiOs. It was multiple <laughs> little strands of Spaghetto's curled up together to get spaghettios maybe that was it then actually it just turned on in the shape of an o i think it's similar sutton's trying to pull a fast one on us and it's not celine and maybe it's like lisa presley from last week or it's it, it's some other celebrity yeah i say i say hillary clinton relate and you know what we would have heard about this too when she ran for office in 2016 that you figured her against trump like that would have been brought up at some point so that's fiction, spaghettos. I'm going to go have a spaghetto if this is true.
2: All right, drum roll, please. And Nolan and Jordan are right. <laughs> spaghettos are a right one. Wow. <laughs> like, well, I, when I was looking everything up, I was like, Hillary Clinton's related to somebody, but I can figure out who it was. But literally the first, the, the second thing that came up when I was Googling fun facts is a single strand of spaghetti is known as a spaghetto. And, Nolan, you're right. That is where SpaghettiOs comes from.
1: I just feel like I would have heard about that by now. I mean, that's just so shocking to me.
4: (laughs) Nolan is sneaky good at this game. His logic makes too much sense.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Y'all want to have some SpaghettiOs in the podcast next week? (laughs) Jordan and I will have SpaghettiOs to celebrate our victory. Oh, man. (laughs) Barkley gets beanies and weenies. Beanie, (laughs) weenies, man.
4: I'm glad to be on the board. It was a long week. It was a long. <laughs> week. I thought of, I thought about that loss last week to Sut a lot.
0: <laughs> I, I haven't slept since, if I'm being honest. Welcome to the winter circle. <laughs> we'll, we'll all be camping out. Barkley will be in the haunted house. Dang Taking right,
1: and you know what's going to help What else is going to happen on Tuesday? I'm gonna be living my life. Y'all are still going to be stuck in the forest.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: if you make it out of there, well. Barkley, next week you are in charge of fact or fiction. Jordan keeps. Would you rather? Because he has some incredible ones on there. So hit hit us with a good one next week, Barkley, Okay.
1: I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I'll see if I can trip you up. Maybe maybe go zero for three for you guys. That'd be nice.
0: Mm. I'm I'm just, I'm pretty good, man.
1: I'm pretty good. Hey, I I, I can see that. Those are good ones, son. Those are good
3: ones. <laughs>
0: If you're listening and you have a good idea for one of these, a Would You Rather a Fact or Fiction, drop us a line. You can hit us all up on social media. And uh, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll take some fan questions here. We just got to – we'll have to verify that if you do Fact or Fiction that you're not just pulling a fast one on this. And there's there's truth behind this. We'll have to get some fact checkers involved. That will be me. That's <laughs> <what you're doing. laughs>
1: Let's be honest. Let's be honest.
0: Guys, a lot of fun today. Appreciate it as always. Looking forward to this Saturday noon kickoff, Bobby Dodd Stadium, the gold standard of Kennesaw State against the white and gold of Georgia Tech. We'll have the game for you on the KSU Owls app. You can watch it Valley Sports South. For Jordan Griffith, Brandon Sutton, Barkley Miller, I'm Nolan Alexander. Been a lot of fun. We'll see you on Saturday. Go Owls. Go owls. Rudy.